One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's Christmas! Blobby, oh Mr. Blobby. It was a Christmas number one, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, come on. Killing in the name of. <laughs> yeah, that would have been better. Welcome to the 12 Rambles of Christmas. We are down to number three. It's the top three. A podium finish for whoever's up now, (laughs) which you've already seen again. Yeah, indeed, yeah. Well, this is, of course, our countdown of the 12 Rambles of Christmas, a daily countdown of what we see as the 12 defining topics in football since we began the Football Ramble in 2007. Mm. Oh, today is a juicy one. We talked about FIFA yesterday. We're back to proper football matters. And it, of course, is Pep Guardiola's Barcelona. Is anyone surprised this didn't come out number one? (laughs) (laughs) It it was always going to be up there. Well, and we'll come on to it. His shadow, we've said this a couple of times, I guess, but his shadow over football now, Mm. based on those years at Barcelona between Mm -hmm. 2008 and 2012, is huge. Massive. Absolutely huge. Would it have come this high if uh, Manchester City weren't kicking it? Maybe, who knows? Who knows? A good point, actually. But the point is they are. They're in there. That's That's quite. I mean, and that is part of that legacy because that, that style yes. was implemented at Barcelona and I think the thing Absolutely. with Pep Guardiola that's really worth remembering is at 20 years old he was the pivot in the dream team mm-hmm. who were at the time pre him taking over at Barcelona seen as the benchmark of what a club side could be mm. absolutely right and uh, and you say his shadow looms large over football. There's a few little sunny spots that Mourinho's going, right, you haven't, your shadow's not reached there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's cold and dark, but it's not your shadow. <laughs> I, I don't even cast a shadow. So. <laughs> I don't know he what the fuss not. is about. Well, old Pepe G, he's from Catalonia as well. Um, joined Barcelona in their youth setup in 1984. He played for Barcelona C and B. And of course, the first team he left the club as a player in 2001 for Brescia. 
having had a rather successful time as a player, winning six league titles, two Copa del Rays, one European Cup, one Cup Winners' Cup. Always get a mensch for the Cup yeah. Winners' Cup. Yeah, you know? always. Sorely Rest missed. in peace. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's going to be number one. Rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> but he is one of their own, and he is loved by that Barcelona faithful. He was loved by them before he became a manager there. Mm. Um, but their love went even deeper when he left as, as manager, of course. Um, when he left the club, they weren't having the best of times, as a, as a player, sorry, um, when he left the club. They weren't having the best of times, relatively speaking, of course. Uh, under Louis van Gaal, uh, always good to mention the big man, they'd won a title in 1999, but then they'd finished second, fourth, fourth and sixth. Yeah, that's unheard of. Odd to think uh, of Barcelona finishing sixth in, in any time in recent years. Then uh, that was under Van Hal and a few uh, different managers as well, I, I should say. And then in 2003, out of nowhere, Frank Rijkaard came along and lifted Barcelona back to where they should be. It's an incredible anomaly on, on Frank Lampard. Uh, Frank Lampard? Frank, Frank Rijkaard. Frank, <laughs> Frank, that would be something. At this point, Guardiola was sort of knocking about playing here and there, wasn't he? Yeah, he went yeah. to Brescia and then I think he ended up in Mexico. Yeah, yeah he, he, was, he was doing his coaching badges in Mexico. He, he, he played for the club side dead. So. He was in the Middle East as well for a bit. He played in the Middle East. Right. Yeah, he did indeed, yeah. yeah. Uh, Rijkaard won two league titles and the Champions League his first few years as manager and they were playing great football. Barcelona were kind of back, if you know what I mean. His managerial career is, I mean, we're not going to talk odd. about him, but it's one of the oddest <laughs> things you'll. Uh, it's a great example of how this Barcelona DNA in quotes which can sound hugely pompous to anyone yeah. who's not part of it um, it really does come into play with someone like Rijkaard who, who had no joy at all anywhere else no. really I sort of look at speaking. Zidane the same way and sort of go will yeah. he go yeah. somewhere else and just absolutely yeah. flounder it's hard to, I, I think there's a reasonable chance that would be the case very much yeah. so I think as well with the Rijkaard thing again going back to what we were just saying about the, the dream team and, and Pep Guardiola side the, the side between that was sort of tipped as like another one of the great club sides mm-hmm. that, that team when Ronaldinho was firing on all fronts yeah. I think it, because of Guardiola it's easy to forget how you know the the height of the esteem in which that team was held. Yeah, yeah and they, well, they yeah, of course they won the Champions League, and any team that does that deserves to be called a great uh, team. Absolutely right. They, they had Deco as well, Samueletto, of course. Um, they were fantastic. Rijkaard's Barcelona were great to watch. They really, really were. The last couple of seasons under Rijkaard, Barcelona were playing beautiful football, but they did drop off slightly. I, I remember I spoke to um, you know one of the sort of the, the, the premier Spanish journalists that we know in this country about that Barcelona side. And he was talking about off the field, the players, you know, Ronaldinho is there, come on. You know, yeah, they, yeah. Were, they, were, they were living it up. And, I, and yeah. I said, didn't, you know, nearly half the squad go through divorces and stuff like that? And he just went, well, it tells its own story. Yeah. You know, with, a, <laughs> with, a, with a, a little sort of wink and a smile, you know, as, as what things were going on off, off the field. And they'd lost out in the league to Real Madrid um, in, in Rijkaard's last couple of seasons. And there were reports that, uh, you know, the players' party lifestyles were beginning to take their toll on the side. And in 2008, the summer of, Rijkaard was relieved of his duties. But he did make an impact at that club. Rijkaard's, uh, you know, time at Barcelona needs to be mentioned when you're actually talking about Pep Guardiola and, and yeah. some of that kind of stuff. Because he did get them back. Uh, to where they should have been, and he did bring through uh, some youngsters such as Andres Iniesta and Lionel Messi. Mm, you know, yes. so so Rijkaard. I bet, I bet Messi was tough to spot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I did discover Messi. Messi discovered Messi. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That, that's true. That is true. But but Guardiola was managing Barcelona B for yes. for that year before he took over the, the first team, wasn't mm-hmm. he? So he was already sort of firmly ensconced in the club. And, yeah. And, and as Jim mentioned at the start of this, is firmly um, firmly part of the the Barcelona mm. folklore already. And and, and before you get into him just starting to manage the first team, I remember it becoming very clear very early on that he approached coaching the same way he coached play. Uh, sorry, he approached playing. Yeah. Because I remember Guardiola, I'm unfortunately old enough to remember Guardiola as a player, and I remember him winning 
the Champions League in 94 and I remember the type of role he played. Uh, 92. For, sorry, sorry, 92. Yeah. Remember the type of role he played for Barcelona. And this is a player who played defensive midfield. He wasn't big. Mm-hmm. He wasn't particularly strong, relatively speaking. He wasn't quick. But he was this. He was able to impart these instructions on the pitch. Be Read like the a, game. But mm. Yeah, exactly. Almost be like a general yeah. in the theatre of conflict on behalf of whoever's making the decisions. Absolutely, you know? like a guide. What's really interesting as well is apparently at the time, um, Laporta's first choice was, was Michael Laudrup. Yeah. Mm. Could you imagine how different? But another great player. How different all of football would be. League Cup winner. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's got trophies in the cabinet, Jim. Don't worry about that, yeah. Michael. Well, he got the job, of course, when Jose Mourinho didn't. Yeah. Pep Guardiola, which, we, which we've spoken about, you know. But Guardiola came in, immediately looked in charge and had a plan. It, it was a match made in heaven, it's fair mm. to say. Ronaldinho uh, was one of the best players to ever play for the club. But he was having a bad influence on Messi. Pep saw that he was slightly on the wane. Can you imagine party Messi? I can't imagine. No. No. Well, he's on sort the town. Hasn't with... he got? He's, he's tattoo Messi now because of the Neymar thing, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, Apparently, right, he yeah. was hugely influenced with Neymar personally. <laughs> that's why he started getting on these tattoos. Oh, yeah. oh see. sweet. That was that, that maybe, was yeah, maybe he is really yeah. easily led. So that's why it's vitally important. <laughs> yeah. So if he's led in a good way, look how devastating it is. But if it went the other way, my goodness. Is there someone on the my... pitch going, right, just get the ball on the right wing, <laughs> take it around seven players and smash it into the top yeah, corner? Yeah, he's clearly remote control. It's like yeah. when he retired from international football for like 20 minutes. Oh, just retire. All right, I will. Unretire. I'll go back. I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pep also got rid of Deco um, and started to, to rebuild that midfield. Mm. He promoted Sergio Busquets and Pedro from the B team, signed Danny Alves, Sadu Keita, and Gerald Piquet, among others. And around that time, he actually wanted to get, to get rid of Samuel Eto'o as well. But Eto really put the work in in training. Yeah, so Eto proved himself. Got, yeah, Guardiola gave him that chance. Yeah, and my he proved himself. I think it was really important for what Guardiola was trying to do that he brought um, not just Piquet but Fabregas back to the club mm. as well. Well. It, well, just I was just going to say because you know when when they went on to win the Champions League in I'm terrible with my years, Marcus. Oh nine, um, it was oh nine, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, that they had seven of their team players who started the final were La Masia graduates, whereas I think when when they did it before they only had three that were graduates. Mm-hmm. So so Guardo's he it's not I just mean, Fabregas fa- wasn't part of that one. No, no, but but yeah. ge- but generally speaking, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. the trend and and. That's why it's important to point out, oh, you talk about, oh, he's part of the Barcelona DNA and all this other stuff. That does actually mean something. Oh, very yeah, much because he, And he bought into it himself. And fine, just finally, we talk about things like pride and passion and playing for the badge quite derisively in this country. Mm. Like, oh, it's all about passion. If we have more passion, we win more stuff. And clearly that's not true. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, Pep Guardiola prides that very highly. Oh yeah, he 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 very he backs right. it up with other stuff. Yeah, of course, but he still he still buys into the idea in principle that it's important that you understand what Barcelona are all about oh, and completely. you have pride and passion in that. But he mm. wants scholars of the game, he wants scholars of the club and all that kind of stuff because Barcelona are a very big example of you know more than a club. Mesquite and absolutely, club. and and the perfect example of that is the trio of Xavi, Iniesta, and Cesc Fabregas, who all say that Pep Guardiola was a personal inspiration as a player, and you can. You can see Guardiola's game in their game. And again, that's that DNA thing. Yeah. Um, going back to his first season in charge, some of the big players that season, Valdez in goal, Puyol, the old Warhorse, Alves, Piquet, uh, Marquez, the Mexican. Yeah. Rafael Marquez. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Abedal, Xavi and Iniesta, of course. Yaya Toure, Busquets. And the front three of Messi, Eto'o and Henri was oh. absolutely fantastic. Do you know what I, I remember most about that? Do you know what I remember most about that season? Mm. Is that they lost their first game? Mm, they did. I remember that. I remember watching it live and thinking, "Oh, this but is Pep didn't panic. They lost to Numancia away, uh-huh. um, and then um, I think they might have drawn it after that as well. And then they went on a mental run. Yeah. They won uh, nineteen out of twenty and drew the other one. And there are about seven absolute shellackings in that. Yeah, run. Mm. they hammered Atletico Madrid, um, and of course in that season they beat Real Madrid 
six the two. Six two. That yeah. was just ridiculous. That was seismic. That was like your Man City beating Manchester United. In, I mean, it's slightly different, but in in one of those massive results. Yeah, absolutely. No, seismic. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was jaw dropping. Yeah, time. and and they they won the league by nine points. They they beat Athletic Bilbao in the final of the cup four one. And they soundly beat Manchester United in the Champions League final two 0 which we were at, Jim, which was which mm. was a real privilege, Phenomenal. you know. And, and so they did the treble in his first season. And we all remember, though, on the way to that Champions League final, Peter, the controversial win at Stamford Bridge. Oh, it's brilliant! <laughs> Tom, hey, Tom Henning, Teddy hey, Drogba shouting at the camera, Donaldson, you're having that. It's one of my favourite moments. Tom Henning of, of Raybo. <laughs> not, not giving Chelsea 420 penalties in the one game. But do you know what, though? All the things that we've talked about, all the, all the, um, the teams and, and whatnot that, uh, that, that we've discussed on these 12 rambles of Christmas, we often say, oh, the stars aligned and, and oh, you know, they got a bit of luck. Well, you do need a bit of luck if you're going to win a treble or something like that. And that night, Barcelona did get a bit of luck with yeah. some decisions and whatnot. They went through on away goals. Iniesta scored that uh, last-minute beauty to take them through on away goals. But... There was somehow, I think, the neutral thought it was the right team that went through. Mm. Mm. You Everyone know, loved that team, yeah, because they they were the closest thing we've had to you know Cruyff Ajax. Yeah, know, we've heard legend yeah. of teams like that, and, 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 and our and, generation had one now. And the treble they they were able to to win, mm-hmm. they won the treble in '09, didn't they? Mm. The treble they were able to win. I mean, that set the temp- set the sort of template, not just for for, for what they were going to achieve under Guardiola, but so much of football now is is. Can be stem can, can be sort of traced back to that era because you know if you think about things like um, the high press that everyone talks about yeah. now. I mean, everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people with just a passing interest in football will know what a high press is now mm-hmm. purely because so many teams do it. Mm. But the first team that I remember doing of the modern sort of we're talking about our Rambler yeah. era is is Guardiola's Barcelona. They would famously just push and push and push so far up the pitch and their strikers would concede more fouls than their defenders would yeah. mm. because they they would they would set themselves a ridiculous task of like if you lose the ball you've got to win it back within three seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Eto'o was so crucial with that. He adapted his game to be able to do that. He was a willing guy to, to go in and that implement side, that. In that side Eto'o was such a crucial yeah. player and he's he's often overlooked actually. But he was, you know, one of the best forwards Barcelona have had in, in recent times. You know, absolutely superb. Scored the opening goal in the Champions League yeah. final as well. Do you remember, we, we were sat in the stands yeah. talking about how United needed to get a hold of the game quickly yeah. or something was going to happen. And as we were saying that, Etu just it yeah. seemingly out of nowhere just scored. And, and, and that final, it, they were the two best sides in Europe that yeah. season. Manchester United were brilliant that year. And Barcelona just schooled them. Mm. Yeah. Someone had said before the game, I forget which pundit it was. It might even have been Ron Atkinson had said that um, <laughs> said that Messi. No, it's Terry score... Venables. Terry Venables, yeah. of course, said that Messi doesn't score enough headers, and then no, he popped no, up with one. He said, um, "Don't worry about them putting balls into the box because Lionel Messi will never score a header, even with a top hat on." And he scored a <laughs> header in the second half. <laughs> How he leapt. And, and yeah. you're right. I think that's right. I think I might be remembering it wrong, and apologies if I am. But I remember thinking United and Barcelona were the two best teams in Europe mm-hmm. that season, and Barcelona with all due respect to Manchester United, Barcelona were miles better. And there was a sense of that the whole day in the city. Do you remember that, yep. you know, Barcelona were louder. They were more colourful. They were more up for this. They had more faith in their yeah. team. Not that the United fans let sure. themselves down at all. They were absolutely fantastic. But there was a sense this was Barcelona's day from, from, yeah. the, from the moment the tongue yeah, came Yeah, there was up. a sense that th- this is happening and yeah. no one can stop it happening. And, and they didn't. Uh, and, and, and as you alluded to earlier, Luke, um, the, the, the final, there were six Spanish starters for Barcelona that night, four on the bench. And that, that was Very another... Very tapas-like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, this was another factor in Spain's international dominance too. Guardiola helped a lot of young talent. You know, often these, these things are they're, they're interwoven, aren't they? And, and that, was, that was Guardiola's first season in charge of Barcelona. 
the most outstanding season in terms of trophy, but in terms of playing, it was to get even better. And we shall talk about that after this. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash ramble. We're still fighting for this title, and he's got to go to Middlesbrough and get sleigh bells. <laughs> he has indeed. He has, Luke Moore. What have you got to say? Uh, we're counting down our top 12, of course, our famous, our famous, our most favourite <laughs> uh, 12 uh, incidents since we started doing the show in 2007 in what we've called the 12 Rambles of Christmas. But we'd like you to get involved as well. If you email us with show at thefootballramble.com with your suggestion, uh, for your favourite or biggest moment since 2007, we will pick out our favourite and we will give them a 55-inch 4K TV courtesy of Toshiba and we will record that show, that subject, at some point in the new year. Um, Toshiba offers you the chance to watch every football match in 4K picture clarity. Thanks to the TV's pinpoint sharp resolution, no detail, flick or kick of the ball will ever be missed. Enjoy 24-7 access to a whole world of online content, including catch-up TV and on-demand services such as Netflix. With this TV, you can also access last week's shows on demand with Freeview Play. For an authentic audio experience, it also comes with that subwoofer to project that bass sound. Don't just hear, but feel the roar of the crowd. So for your chance to win, 
Email him at your favourite moment from 2007 onwards. That's very important. We've had mm-hmm. a couple that are before 2007. There's a Dan Headbutt. Doesn't count. No. Um, to show at thefootballramble.com. Pete, have you got anything to help us out with there? Dimitar Berbatov's Facebook drawings. There we go. Mm. Don't know what that means. He used to do drawings. He's, he's quite a good artist. Is he really? Yeah, check out his Facebook. Okay. Quite good. Quite talented. There we go. Now oh. he's at Kerala Blasters. Is that where he's playing <laughs> now? Is, yeah, okay, India. Right. I bet um, he's tearing that off. Right? <laughs> that's a lovely time. I like how some people have suggested the Dan's head back. Right, we switched our marks from 2007. Well, I have something from 2006. Well, cut then. No, yeah. <laughs> we, we started in 2007. What's the most famous football mm. moment from the year before that? <laughs> <laughs> back to Pep and Barcelona. His mm. second season in charge wasn't quite as successful, but still very, very good. That's the season they swapped Samueletu for Zlatan Ibrahimovic. It seemed an odd move at the time, didn't it? Everybody thought it. I was yeah. really excited by it, but I, I thought was. it was odd. Yeah, mm. it's fair to say they didn't get on. Um, a stories <laughs> emerged. Uh, the two, the, the the two's kind of approach to the game just clashed. But 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 Guardiola's style of management and man management in particular actually became more apparent, especially as the, even now when when you know Ibrahim, Ibrahimovic is still barking on about it. We see that um, Ibrahimovic loves to be loved. He loves to be mm. treated like a royal. Um, he wants special treatment and so on. Guardiola doesn't do that. He wants to treat everybody the same. He said to Ibrahimovic, Barcelona players don't turn up to training in Ferraris, which is blasphemy for, for Ibrahimovic. Mm. But Guardiola, that's how he, that's how he approached it. Am I being too simplistic to suggest that Guardiola thought, I've had a brilliant season here, mm. everything's gone right, we've won everything we can win. At some point, we are going to need a plan B. And Zlatan is the best in the world at what he does, mm-hmm. but it's completely different to any other player we've got on the squad at the yeah. moment. Mm. So we'll have him. And Zlatan clearly isn't a plan B. And no. even if you tell him he's not a plan B, he's going to work it out fairly quickly if he is one. Yep. Mm. Hence him sitting on the bench and all that sort of stuff. And so that, that's basically what happened. I think that's a bit... Because I think there's a lot written about it and a lot said about it. And based on what they've both said in their books and stuff like that, I wonder if it's just that. It's just mm. a case of that. Well, quite, quite possibly, yeah. Interesting stuff. Well, which was only there uh, for a year. Did win the league, though. I mean, Real Madrid pushed Barcelona much more in the title race. Um, but but uh, Guardiola won the league. This is when we started to really see the tiki-taka style. Yeah. Spain had been kind of uh, developing that style as well, of course, largely through the help of Barcelona players as well. Mm. The, the goal I finished off at the weekend with Suarez like, is like oh, yeah. so much like yeah, that blueprint. Yeah. It was fantastic. Well, it's, it's still there, isn't it? Because that's the thing with Barcelona. Like Cruyff's you know, influence on the game is still there and Guardiola has actually managed to augment and add to that. And when they're at their, you know, when Guardiola's Barcelona were at their absolute best, that strangulation style of possession, it was like they were playing a different sport to the opposition. It, it, it was, yeah. I think that's the best way of saying it. That's my goal, Shane Ward, Christmas number one. <laughs> yeah. Is that what it was? Uh, I, I don't know if it was that yet, but I mean, just saying. <laughs> it's just your fave. Bob the Builder, can we fix it? Yeah. Mm. Yes, we can, um, says Pep. Do you think that being knocked out by Inter hurt him, Mourinho's Inter? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah it was that year. Well, Barcelona, they did win the Club World Cup, which normally doesn't mean anything, but when I saw them win that, I, I felt like it's right that they're actually yeah. officially crowned the best mm. side in the world. Well, it's the, absolutely, and also it's the, the volume of trophies. I think they won six, didn't they, in their first year? They, they won everything they were in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and at that point, it becomes just about collecting as many as you can, surely. Yeah. So they all, they all mean something, because I think this Barcelona team, after that first season, was so aware that they were building a legacy, mm. and they wanted to keep it going. Yeah, they, they only lost one league game that season, two on away to Atleti. 
They beat Real Madrid twice, showing their dominance again over their bitter rivals and so on. But you're right, Luke. They should have been the first side to win back-to-back Champions Leagues. But Mourinho's in to spoil the party. <laughs> and didn't they, Joe? <laughs> like, that was the whole plan the whole time. We Indeed. saw them that season. We saw them in the group stage. Beat Inter. Mm. Yeah. 2-0. Mm. Mm. But there we are. It wasn't to be. The third season Pep was in charge. It may not have brought a treble, but this, I think, was perhaps the most impressive in terms of the football they played. He shuffled the pack a little bit. He brought in David Veer and, and Javier Mascherano. Javier Mascherano, sorry. He let go, of, most notably, of Thierry and Riyatori. And, of course, Ibrahimovic had been out on loan. He was also he was also very dismissive around that time of Dmitry Chigrinsky. Yeah. They signed for big money, and he realised that this guy is a defender, but he's not going to take on board my ideas. I need to get rid. And it doesn't and, matter and how it, much he pays. Without being cynical, it's quite nice to have the luxury of being able to pay that amount of money yeah. for a defender. Yeah, like, yeah, do you know yeah. what? He's not picking up my ideas. I'm That's getting rid right. of him. Yeah. <laughs> and he and they ended up playing Mascherano and sometimes even Bush gets there, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Joe Hart never had a chance. <laughs> no, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> Joe Hart's not even picking up on one of my ideas. <laughs> Don't let the ball go in net, mate. Yeah. He's done well to get a mention in this one, hasn't he? <laughs> um, this was Jose Mourinho's first season in charge of Real Madrid. And in the first classical of the season, Barcelona won 5 0. I mean, they were irresistible. We were on Andy Brassel's house. We were, oh, was that, we were that one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. El Brassico, as we call it. Do you remember? Because yeah. I remember you really distinctly after the 6 2, you making a joke like when Mourinho had come in to, mm. to Madrid saying, Imagine if the first classical of the season they just smash him again. And, <laughs> and it, it seemed laughable that that yeah. would even be possible because, yes, this was an incredible side, but you, know, you don't do that to Mourinho teams. No. Well, they drew one all at the Bernabeu later on in the season, which was the first time Madrid had showed a bit more resilience against Barcelona. And it was Mourinho's side that stopped Barcelona winning another treble when they beat them 1-0 in the Copa del Rey final. Now, Barcelona did beat Madrid in the semi-final of the Champions League. So, you know, Mourinho was sort of, relatively speaking, feeding off scraps. Well, the cup win's always a good win, of course. But in the final of the Champions League, this was when they played Manchester United against Barcelona. And they were so dominant. They won 3-1. But they were more dominant than they were in that 2-0 final. 100%. This this final was... I mean, 3-1 flattered Manchester United a little bit. I know it was a great goal from Rooney, of course. But Messi, Pedro and Vera up front were just different clubs. It was their only shot on target um, United's game, yeah. go on that game. Yeah, and, and, and at the time, Busquets, Iniesta and Xavi, they were established as one of the best midfield yeah. combinations of all time. To his credit, did Ferguson not just hold, hold his hands up at that point? You can't do anything yeah. else. Yeah, well, Mourinho wouldn't have. <laughs> oh, well, that's true. Yeah. That is, yeah, but that's Mourinho, you know. But that final put them in the history books forever. And people around the world already love this team. They love, again, went even deeper for this side and and people looked at this side and thought this is the way to do it this is this not look i'm of the opinion and i'm sure a lot of other people are there's no right or wrong way you know there's many ways to skin a cat Absolutely. but there was something about this side that people well some people did believe but a lot of people maybe even myself included thought that's the way to do it if mm. there is a right way mm. i think that's it yeah i think that's fair and i think yeah. i think the preoccupation of managers and players, I maintain, should be winning games. Mm-hmm. As a fan, I think we have our right to choose what we want to look, look for in our football. Yeah. And I think you, you could certainly argue that, given that sport is always improving, without, almost pretty much without exception, um, there's, there's a decent argument to say that's never been played better than it was played in that mm. season by Barcelona. It's almost a kind of logical pinnacle of purism. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean by that. Yeah, mm. I think that's fair. And, and a great example of that would be, well, Guardiola had at his disposal what we would probably suggest in terms of effectiveness 
would be the greatest dribbler of all time in Lionel Messi mm. in his team. Yet his team is known for passing. Yeah, yeah. So it's not as though they're known for just give the ball mm. to Messi. They're known for their passing style. Yet they had the greatest dribbler of all time. I mean that and that midfield, they were bastards for a through ball, weren't they? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean it was just ridiculous. Pete, I remember when we went to see Barcelona play at the New Camp against Inter. And you, having watched Newcastle for a lot of your life, God, God bless you, you came away wide-eyed and you were like, I just, how do they thread the ball through yeah. those gaps? Yeah. I didn't know you could keep it on the floor. Well, well, <laughs> this, this, is, this really is where, again, we're talking about the Ramble um, era. This is where we were sort of, when we, we've now been fully seduced, I think, even watching the Premier League, which was never technically as good as Spain mm. and, 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 and one or two other leagues. Every so pretty much every player at the top level in England, their touch is automatic. Mm. You you very mm. very rarely, even a big long ball, you very rarely see a player miscontrolling. Yeah. Mm. And and this is this team we're talking about there in that season under Guardiola, their touches were automatic. Yeah. It was it was almost like watching a computer game. They were always going to get mm. the ball under control. They were always going to pass the ball to the right foot into the right gap. And as you say, thread it through a tiny mm-hmm. little small space. All players in that side were comfortable on the ball, including the keeper. Yeah, you know, the Barcelona, the pet Barcelona way became the way to play the game. You even see that now on on, and 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 it's good that that it's happened. But you even see now with with amateur players or Sunday morning players to an extent, of course, in this country, that people actually there is an acknowledgement now of just hoofing it up the park is is completely uncultured and just Mm -hmm. not the right way. And and I'm saying that the influence you you talked about Pep Guardiola's shadow. That shadow even reaches the far corners of like Sunday morning league. Okay, look, Sunday morning and all that kind of stuff, and Saturday morning football. It's still best intentions and all that. Though. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, and, and and sometimes you just have to work with what you've got, of course. But it was but it was a joy to watch that Barcelona side. Nobody could ever begrudge them that. In his last season at Barcelona, the team's dominant came dominance came to an end. Mourinho and Madrid finally won the Liga again with a record points tally, but it took a record points tally mm. to beat them. But fair play to uh, Mourinho and, and Madrid there. They were beaten incredibly by Roberto Di Matteo's Chelsea in the semi-final of the Champions League, yeah. which was a real anomaly. Um, but they did finish the season with the Copa del Rey, but they were still one of the best sides in Europe playing great stuff. And, and Guardiola's reign had come to an end, but he'd taken that club to a different level and left as the most successful coach in their history. And now look what he's doing at Manchester City. It's and and we're being dazzled, and it's almost like England and the English press are going, oh no no, no he is pretty good. He is actually pretty yeah. Good. It, it took him a long while to get on did. board and, and to accept a, a sort of urbane, intelligent. I, I think there will be an aspect of certain elements of the press in this country will be threatened, whether they realise it or mm. not, by a guy who speaks several languages, can dress well, is pretty handsome, is successful, yeah. doesn't really owe them a damn thing, mm-hmm. um, and, and has a philosophy. Yeah, and they'll, and they'll yeah, be cheers, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're actually talking about Roy Hodgson. In, in fact, Pete, you're probably best to talk about this than me. <laughs> Just talk about some of your own experiences. <laughs> but yeah, so I do think it will take him a while. They treat it, they've got a form in treating that profile of manager in terms of how they carry themselves. Andre Villas-Boas would be another good example of it. He was a bit prickly. Well, I suppose with Guardiola, but he, was but, he? But he was hardly welcomed with open arms. And Guardiola's mm. been very prickly in the past. But the most important thing on this is that I think in the 10 years we've been doing the show, you would argue, and we've talked about Spain and we've talked a bit about Mourinho, this is the, the club team mm-hmm. more than any other club team that's influence is still being felt today. And he yes. left there five years ago, mm. soon to be six years ago, mm. this, and he's still being felt today. This is, so, this is so evocative of like kind of I look back on this period of the football ramble, I think, as we always had to go to Spain. 
We always yeah. had a good. Yeah. We, we had Kay Murray on the website doing yeah. some videos about Real yeah. Madrid. And that's Real why, right? TV. And that's why. Because he was just like, we just wanted more and more space. And now it's just de rigueur that uh, Barcelona are an incredible uh, passing team yeah, and they exactly. will be for a long time. Mm. Completely. One of, the, one of, if not the best club side in the history of football. So there we are. Thanks for listening to number three of our 12 Rambles of Christmas, the Daily Countdown. But we see is the 12 dividing topics in football since we began the Ramble back in 2007. Yeah, mm. get your suggestions in for your favourite. Um, uh, Show at thefootballramble.com. I forgot our email address there. Um, <laughs> show at thefootballramble.com, and we will uh, unveil our winner who will win a TV from Toshiba and have their own show recorded on Christmas Eve for number one. There's only two left. Mm. Strap yourselves in. We're getting serious. Oh, hey, come on. Say goodbye, Jim. Vamos. Say goodbye, Luke. Vamanos. <laughs> Say goodbye, Petey. Uh, Forza. Uh, <laughs> au revoir. <laughs> Mucho rapido. It's Christmas! Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.